Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums. Are you really just going to copy everything I'm saying? Yes! <laughs> Hello guys and welcome to Happy Single Mums, a podcast surrounding real single mummy lives. So, here's your host, me, Khalifa. Hey guys and welcome to the Happy Single Moms podcast. I'm your host Khalifa. Today we have a gentleman from America. He in he you inboxed me actually when we first started speaking in regards to the book that you have. Um, and I actually listened to the book and it was magnificent, some of the points that you actually make. So we're going to dive into that today. Um, his name is Speaker Jermaine and he is from Los Angeles and he's currently speaking to me from his car. So guys, he's been very, very patient with us over here. So could you please tell the audience a bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for the invite. Uh, in regards to me, born and raised in uh, Los Angeles, California, in the United States, uh, come from a large family. I have seven brothers and two sisters. Uh, as of myself, I have five children. And uh, in a couple of days here, eight days to be exact, I'll be 50 years old. I'm happy to celebrate this, Mark. It is something that means so much to me in relationship to what I discovered at 17. Uh, I haven't been to the doctor since I was 17. I'm on no medication and perfect health. And um, I've dedicated my life to the pursuit of information. Um, I have a nonprofit organization called New BLK Wall Street, where we, where we teach inner city youth, excuse me, where we teach inner city financial literacy. Mm -hmm. I have an online store called Harmony Herb Company, where our slogan is invest in your health and your body shall receive the wealth, where we educate people on putting together a proper nutritional program for them. And then we have Speaker Jermaine, which is my brand in regards to motivation, metaphysics, and self-help, primarily teaching people how to live their best life. And so uh, that is a little bit about me, and uh, I'm happy to be on this podcast. Oh, thank you so much. So what actually inspired you to write your book, Nine Insights for Single Mums? Yeah, absolutely. So in 1971, when I was born, a year after that, my father got into a car accident. And subsequently, he was constantly in and out of the hospital with different surgeries. So I was the only child that wasn't raised without a father. And I grew up without my father being there. He wasn't able to take me to school, pick me up. And so my book, in a sense, is a tribute to my mom. I took all of the lessons that she taught me coming up over the years, and I put it in the book, The Nine Insights for Single Moms Raising Our Sons. So the book, in a sense, is a tribute to my mom. That's what inspired me. Awesome, awesome. Um, I wanted to find out, how was it growing up um, with a, a single mother? Um, did you feel emptiness at all? Any resentment? Because like I'm, I've, I've got a 10-year-old son and his father is not involved at all. And what, those are one of the things I kind of felt like I had to overcompensate with, you know, giving him things and making sure I meet, every, I go to every um, assembly, for example, if we had a show in school, because I kind of did not want him to have any sort of resentment for me, because I felt like he was pulled into a situation that he didn't ask for, he didn't ask for his parents not to be together, and he's just an innocent party of it, so I didn't want him to ever feel any resentment, there's one thing I'd have done is never speak badly or ill about his father to him. So I don't want him to have any sort of animosity or any anger to his father when he actually does come back and try and present himself and say, look, the reason why I wasn't around was because of A, B and C. I might not understand it, but 
Um, I, I never spoke ill of his father to him. So you being raised by a single mother, did you ever have any anger towards her for, for the, the person that she chose? Did you have any anger towards um, her because of the fact that he wasn't around, but he was around for your siblings? Was there any sort of jealousy? Could you please let me know how you felt emotionally growing up with a single mother? Yes, it's a great question. My situation is a little bit different, but I can understand that it wasn't my father's fault that he got into a car accident. Mm -hmm. But I do understand those young men because I had a lot of peers that grew up that didn't have a father in their life. What my mother was able to do and put me in the sports was to put me in a position to where I saw a lot of men in my community. Mm -hmm. And over a period of time, what I decided to do in a young age was this. The fact that my father was not able to be present it led me to a determination that when I got older, I was gonna be the best father that I could be. I think that in any situation we're confronted with, it is so important for us to be able to help a person to be able to interpretate that moment, that event, that circumstance with the light of life, not the darkness of life. That's important. Okay. Um, and in your book, you talk about three trimesters. And um, please tell the audience a little bit about this. Yes, absolutely. So to me, the three trimesters represents an infant, a child, and an adult. The three trimesters represent a time for the womb to be shaped and molded. In our society, there's not enough communication in regards to emotional intelligence. Unfortunately, what has happened is, is that this masculine energy has been such a dominant force in the universal conversation to where people don't respect the space for E-motion, energy and motion. Emotional intelligence connects with the natural intuition that a mother has. In Los Angeles, we have, in the state of California, there are 33 penitentiaries. And I started doing a study about six years ago. And so far through this study, I have spoken to over 150 men whose wives or girlfriend told them specifically, don't go out that night. Their intuition let them know that they were feeling something, that something wasn't right. And we have to bring this into the national dialogue to respect a woman's intuition. Emotional intelligence is not to be mocked and ridiculed that, oh, she's just this time of a month. Oh, she's just being emotional. Or she's just being a woman. No, 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 no. We have to humble ourselves and to listen to that woman's emotional intelligence about that circumstance. And so for me, I'm so thankful that I was able to be raised by a wise mother who was able to teach me the process of life, the sun, the moon, the stars, the three trimesters, everything in life corresponds with numbers and so to speak in our interpretation of their effects. Because when we look at the trimesters, I look at it like this, a woman, is prepared for birth as she's going through these particular stages. And what is the preparation? Well, before the child comes out, the milk is there in preparation. The mother is prepared in the context of the experiences that she's experienced, but the mother can feel certain things. The mother's in tune with her child and her child can feel certain things. So I think that if a situation presented itself where during pregnancy, unfortunately, if a man walks away, the mother feels that and the child can feel that. So I think that I was really raised with an abundance of emotional intelligence and that my mother didn't allow me to embrace a mindset of what you don't have. Mm -hmm. My mother created in my mindset 
a void is created for you to step into your greatness to make it better, not for you to sing a song of poor me. Yeah. 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 No, you're, you're completely you're completely right in regards to the three, three trimesters. I actually, um, when I speak to a lot of mothers, I always say to them that like the pregnancy stage for me is by far the hardest and it prepares your mind, you know, like the first trimester, your body is getting used to a new being being there. Like you, you're, you're, you've got morning sickness, your, pur- your body's purging itself of the bad, you know, you, constantly. You've got morning sickness, you can't, you can't, you've got pains here and there. Second trimester, for example, is what I call like growth. There's something actually growing, moving around. And the third trimester is your body's actually preparing for the birth. And that's how seasonally, as your child grows, it's exactly the same thing. No matter what age your child is, maybe your child's in primary school, it's kind of like they're purging, they're learning something new, they're able to handle conflicts themselves. And yeah, the birth is the fact that they come out of school having the education, a different person and knowing themselves. So that that pregnancy stage, when I read that in your in your book, I was like, do you know what the tri- the three trimesters is actually it echoes throughout life. If you grasp that three trimester whilst you're pregnant as a single mom or as a mom anyway, you would see it mirror in every aspect of your life. So when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, this is such a like you, you nailed it there. It was awesome. Absolutely yeah. awesome. So I was going to ask you um in regards to you, you say in your book, you are a strong advocate for boys in nature. And I love that um, theoretically, but I feel like this generation, um, when I was much younger, I, I used to be out and about, like just out constantly with my friends playing knockdown ginger, um, riding a bike. But this generation, they don't really like nature. I find that it's just, they are addicted to TikTok. They're addicted to YouTube. So when I read that, I, I kind of, it, it grieves me a little bit, the fact that kids are not experiencing nature and they don't even want to experience nature. So if, if could you give us some sort of insights of the benefits of being outside with your child alongside um, how we as mothers as well, we're tired. <laughs> so even when we do have opportunities to even go out, we're like, oh, do you know what? Just watch, what, just watch YouTube. So please just tell the audience why you, you're such a massive advocate for, for being outdoors. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, I thank you for this conversation because I could see no matter where we are on the earth, we have some of the same challenges with social media. <laughs> yeah. Because that's the same issue that's here. You know, it's a wonderful thing in relationship to social media. But what has happened is, is that we have allowed a generation to leave the dinner table and to be bond with an external electronic device. And so what we have to understand is, is the way that we will be able to get just a little tiny pod and just ask your child, what is your favorite fruit or vegetable and grow it in their room. Take that pod, let it grow in their room. Let them see it. Let them go in and out of the kitchen and grow it right in there. Whatever, apple, orange, whatever the fruit or vegetable that they like, let it be grown right there in the house so they could see it. Because what we're showing you is, is that when you plant a seed in nature, nature is going to take something and teach you a lifelong nation uh, uh, lesson. Excuse me. And what the lesson is, number one, is that when you plant one seed, it doesn't give you back one apple. Mm. 
it gives you back abundance. So that's the nature of the universe. The second lesson is patience. If you plant an apple seed today, you're not gonna be able to eat an apple tomorrow. The next thing is this, we must be able to do something like this. What if you were able to get together with some other moms and you were to have once a month, a theme called a meal and a message, a meal and a message. And you sit at the table and we bring everyone to the table and we ask everyone to participate for 30 minutes and we're gonna sit down and we're gonna be in nature and we're gonna find something in relationship to our conversation. It could be at the beach, it could be in the greenery, it can be somewhere, but allow the children to come out in nature and then be able to have a dialogue that they can participate in. And then we can show them social media is great, it's profound, and we like it and we love it. But guess what? Can you be creative enough to create a game that you don't need social media? And then after we finish playing, take it on TikTok and share with everyone what you did. Mm. Can you be a creative energy to share that on YouTube or social media? I'm gonna bring you out in nature because one of the most profound things about nature, whether it's morning or night, at a certain time, the rhythms of nature will connect with the rhythm of them. And the more that we're out in nature, the more that that is gonna be an energy. I'll give you a quick example. Whenever I have issues, I go to the beach, morning or night, and sitting on the beach, I feel at home. Mm. And a lot of times what we might wanna do why can't we go have a breakfast in the beach out there on the sand? Why can't we have a lunch? Why can't we go up in nature? Why can't we take our child and get a telescope and let them look at stars at nighttime? We have to immerse them in nature and we have to help them to understand that nature is our ally. And so those are a couple of things that could be done. I think it's very, very important. And the last thing I'll say in regards to that is this. Each generation analyzes the previous generation. But it's very important right now because when an individual can be more bonded with the external reality of an electronic instrument more so than sitting down, then what is happening is, is that the seat of our soul, our human being, our love soul, our connection is being interrupted. So we must be able to implement a process by which we can reconnect again. And as we have an opportunity to reconnect, why not sit down there and tell them, do you know that alfalfa grows 120 feet in the soil? Why not tell them about what you could do with the eggplant? You love eggplant? Let me show you how we grow. Why not show them the wisdom of a cucumber? You know that nothing hydrates the body like a cucumber? Why can't we show them the wisdom of what an apple does to the body and vitamin A to the brain? When we develop conversations around nature and what nature can do, I think that they will be open up. But we must bring our tribe, bring other little children, bring other preteens, let them evolve themselves in that. And let's step back in parents and let them have that experience. I think that that would be a good opportunity. Now, that's awesome. And that's actually a good recommendation. So anyone listening out there, um, yeah, take that on. That's awesome. And um, you say in your book, you don't have to be a man to teach your son how to be a man. Please tell me why so many people believe that women can't raise men. Um, I'm guilty of this as well. Um, in regards to my son, I've always felt like he, he, he needs male role models around because I've always been told a woman can't raise a man because um, the man will be effeminate or the man would be too emotional. So 
prior to me having my son, I made sure, because I've got three brothers, so I made sure that they were con continuously active with him. So do you, on, do you, why do you say that you, um, you think women can raise men in, in your yeah, you know, Absolutely, that's a great question. So let's talk about principles. Yeah. Principles don't have anything to do with gender. To be able to implement and show a young man the example of character, and how character is implemented on a day-to-day -day basis, a woman can do. It's really the reverse. Most men are naturally have a disposition toward not being able to multitask, but women are natural at multitasking. I look at it as an opportunity to create more balance than for the young man to be imbalanced. Because with the female energy and being able to create an environment that is conducive for him, listen, a woman can teach character, she can teach honesty, she can teach wisdom through chores, a woman can teach what she has to do. We cannot say because they're a void, my son is going to miss something. Absolutely not. This is what my mother did. She said, you like basketball and you like music, right? I said, yes. I was in the fifth grade. She took me to go get a book about Magic Johnson and Sam Cooke. And every day after school, I would have to read that. And in the sixth grade, I got the most improved student award for in regards to my reading. My mother was able to tap into my genius that was laying there and guided and shaping and molded. Having your son to participate in karate is great. Having your son to be able to participate in sports is great. There's nothing that is gonna be missed. We must get over this notion that a woman cannot raise a man. Absolutely she can. Because the reality of it is, is this. She didn't walk away, he walked away. So something has to be done. So I'm not going to sit here and cry. A woman's going to give her son the best that she could give. And that's what we have to focus on and allow nature, allow circumstance to present. There was a, I, I, I stopped this with one quick story. There was a woman who had seven children and everybody used to always tell her, oh, you're not going to find no man to be able to want you with seven children. And after a while, she said, you know what? What would be wrong? I would find somebody. It took her about six years, but she lost focus of finding a man. And she focused on loving herself, believing herself and being the best that she could be. And when she wasn't paying attention, a man came into her life who didn't have any children, who loved her and loved her children and helped participate in their growth and their development. There's no lack in this universe. There's no lack of men, there's no lack of love, and there's no lack of wisdom. Everything that you want to know is in a book. It is up to us to be able to understand that everything is a book. It's up to us to open it up and read it. That is awesome. That is awesome. So why do you think it's important to have good um, representatives for your child or good, good male role models as well for your, your child, especially boys? Why do you think having a role model is very important? Yeah, it's so important because we want our young men to be able to make that connection. Hmm. I don't know exactly the educational process over there, but just in general, in the world of education, if in fact we used to have career day, I don't know how that works over there, but career day was a day in which professionals would come to school from an assortment of fields, whether it was the legal field, whether it was the business field, we need to have more of that of representation because the more we expose our children to, we're going to be able to tap into their genius. So a mother can take their son and show a man who works in a bank, introduce him to her broad network of men who are writers, who are speakers, men who work in a myriad of different fields. 
the more exposure, the better that it is. Men sharpen men and steel sharpen steel. That is true on the physical level. But in relationship to a mother, there is nothing lacking in relationship to resources in the community. My mother raised me. I turned out to be a strong-willed man and doing the best that I can to be the best father that I can. I have three sons that are raised to be very successful and I have two daughters. And so I'm dedicated to being the best dad that I can be. So I think we're not gonna focus on what's missing. Let's focus on what we can do to contribute because as they say, it takes a tribe, it takes a village to raise a child. And so let's bring the village. That's awesome. Um, so you've mentioned the woman that has um, seven children wanting, not, not focusing on the fact that she wanted a man or not listening to, to what other people said about her um, and focusing on herself, on her growth and then finding that, that person, that person, the, attracting that person, a universe, bringing someone when you're actually whole. Um, how can mothers move from being a victim to a victor? Because oftentimes we're tired, we're broken down, we um, are um, kind of shunned by society. Because I, I said I had a podcast recently in regards to single fathers have more sympathy. And like when people see a single father, they're like, oh, wow, you're a single father. How can I help? In comparison to when they see a single mother, you know, because they feel like what you made poor choices for you to be in that circumstance, you know? And like when you go on YouTube or, or Instagram, there's so many men bashing single mothers, insulting single mothers. And oftentimes single mothers end up being a victim. So how can we, what steps do you think women should take to try and gain back their strength and try and realign their focus on, I'm raising my children, but I, when they leave the house, I still have my own career, I still have my own path that I'm walking on. So it's kind of like a parallel. How can you move from being a victim to a victor, like you say in your book? Yeah, absolutely. The first thing that we have to assess is what is her passion? Mm. Your passion is your passport to prosperity. Prosperity creates an environment that is conducive for you to be intellectually, emotionally, and physically free from the enormous responsibility of a single mother. We have to first settle the issue of the basic necessities of a human being, food, clothing, and shelter. That's number one. See, a goal without a plan is a wish. We can't go through life wishing. We must write strategic goals down. So mom, the first thing that we want to do, we want to write down your health goals because your body is your tool. You gotta be at your best. So let's get some health goals down. Second thing that we wanna do, we wanna write down all the resources that you have. Every mother should have MSIs, multiple streams of income. The next thing that the mother has to write down, she has to write down the power of her network, okay? And putting these three lines together, now we're gonna be able to take massive action. Being able to take massive action towards securing the first thing. And that is food, clothing, and shelter. Once we're able to do that, now what we're going to do, we're going to do a self-assessment. We're going to be able to look in the mirror and hear the subtle voice speaking back to you about your beauty or how you really feel about yourself. Because your internal dialogue is imperative because you can't have inside defeat and expect an external win. So now what we have to understand is the focus is on you. Let us heal the situation. So here we go, mom. You love the guy. 
you put him through school. You did everything you could to keep the relationship. He cheated on you. He lied on you, took money from you. He left you for your friend. All the bad, bad things. Okay, you have to mentally reinterpretate that to give you power. You cannot interpretate that to make you powerless. The reason that you're going to make yourself powerful is because people come in your life for a season and a reason. And he was your teacher, but you have to master that moment. So now what we have to do is give a new interpretation. Okay. He gave you the greatest gift and that is the gift of life. Your precious son. He's gone. Okay. You leave the door cracked for his relationship with his son and you move on with your business. Mm. It's the quicker that you're able to heal from and do the interpretation of that, the quicker your energy field opens up for you to attract. So now you got MSIs, you got multiple streams of income, they're moving. You got a positive interpretation. Now this is the last facet of it is this. Please do not walk around thinking what you need mm -hmm. because you're saying to the universe that there's a void. What you must do is this. You must be able to say, okay, I understood why I attracted my ex. Now I'm putting myself in position to attracting someone else. So I'm going to continue to work on me. I have me in categories. And since I'm going to put me in categories, I now I'm going to clearly define, write out exactly what I want. When you clearly define and write out what you want, listen, we can have a wish list. You have to have it constructed. You have to say, I want a man who was raised by both his parents. I want a man who is financially stable. I want a man who has, who likes me, who loves me, who lusts for me. Whatever you want, write it out clearly. And then from there, you have to focus your attention on self, put that list to the side and allow synchronicity and the principles of life to take care of this business. It is better to be by yourself lonely than trying to add ingredients to a cake that's already baked. Stop wasting time dating men who don't fit the criteria. Every woman should have a list of what she is going to accept. Raise your standards and your life will change. If you don't, you will keep attracting the same man with a different name and now he's going to affect your son. Don't allow him in your life. Life renders life and death renders death. A man who doesn't read, that's death. A man who don't have goals, that's death. A man who does not respect himself, don't pay attention to what he say, pay attention to what he do. If he say he loves lifting weights, but you never see him lifting weights, come on. If he says he loves God, but he's not reading the Bible, the Holy Quran or nothing spiritual, come on now. If a man says he is dedicated to something, pay attention to his dedication to what he say he love. Because a man who breaks his dedication to what he say he love cannot consistently love you. Okay. That is so true. And yeah, I think um, many a times, a lot of women, we need to do the, the, the work as well so we don't attract the same. We have, you have to be ready emotionally and you have to learn how to forgive. Um, I think forgiveness is, is you need to forgive your, them and you need to yeah. forgive yourself ultimately and give yourself time. Time is a magnificent healer. It is just, yeah, the, the, it, you can cry for, for a night, but yeah, joy comes in the morning. Like the Bible says, joy honestly comes in the morning. Um, 
I wanted to ask you, do you feel any sort of emptiness or resentment being raised by a single mother at all? I know we've touched upon it before, but um, I, I honestly feel like a lot of mothers need to hear this, especially when they have sons. Being raised by a single mother, do you, did you ever feel any form of resentment at all? Never felt any resentment. I was so good in sports and basketball, football, and baseball as a little boy. That's all I did was dedicate myself to that. And the other coaches, what happened was there was a man by the name of Chad. I'll never forget Chad. I was in the fifth grade. And Chad was the park director. And he came to my mom and he said, Miss Hagan, he said, your son is so good. And he said, I see that he doesn't have a dad. He said, so you know what I'm going to do for the next year? I'm going to buy all his uniforms and cliques and shoes, and he doesn't have to worry about anything. And she said, thank you so much. Along the way, there's always going to be the hand of mercy. Along the way, there's always going to be the hand of love and guidance. Open up your heart, mothers. Open up your heart. And if your son comes to you and he's upset that his dad didn't, he don't have a dad to come to his game. If he comes to you and he says to you, mom, I'm upset my dad didn't come to my graduation. Tell him, take out a pen and pad and write out everything that he's feeling. And then once he finished writing it out, turn it over and tell him, this is how life changes, son. I want you to write a letter to your son and tell him, I'm going to be there on a sixth grade graduation. I'm going to be there at your game and write it out and tell your son, every time you feel that way, turn over the page because this is how life works and write a letter to your future son. Don't allow him to suck and soak in that moment of where his daddy's dad. That's his daddy's relationship to him and the universe. That's his job. Your job, young man, is to be able to feel it and mama step in there with love and wisdom and tell him, baby, turn over the paper and write a letter to your son. And when he becomes of age, you hand him those letters. That's what we do. We don't allow them to hold that vibration. We allow them to express it. Get it all out, throw something. Yeah, scream, get it all out. And now you finish? Now get back here to the kitchen table and let's do something that's positive and moving forward. What do you want your son's name to be? Let him play with it. Let him experience. Let his imagination evolve to the future moment. What's your son's name going to be? Write it out and write a letter to your son. That's what we do. We're not going to stay in that place. We got too much greatness to do. We got too much genius to cultivate. We don't have time to be staying there. Let him express it. Turn over the page. And this is how life works, son. Awesome. That is absolute. That's I've never heard that before. But yeah, I'm I, I'm definitely going to steal that. That is awesome. That's awesome. Where can people find you on social media to purchase your book, to get some advice, to get some magnificent insights, um, to find out information on healthy eating? Um, yeah, where can they find you on social media? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much. So across social media. I've come out of my shell. Uh, my daughter made me make a promise. She said, Daddy, you have too much wisdom, too much talent. Nobody knows you, Dad. You got to get on social media. So it's new for me. I'm just now getting out there. So you can find me at Speaker Jermaine on Instagram, on Twitter, and on my YouTube channel. You can find me there. Uh, my book is available on Amazon, Nine Insights for Single Moms. We're adding, I did like six other books that's going to be uploading these next couple of days as well, because I'm doing a big birthday celebration. My birthday is on the 15th. Uh, I life coach. I'm passionate about life coaching and mentoring moms. So if you would like to send me an email, it's uh, speakergermaine at 
gmail speaker germain with a j speaker germain at gmail if you'd like to send me an email and i thank you for this opportunity and to all the moms let me say this please look no matter how challenging it gets and i can only imagine thinking about my time with my mom when i wanted to have nice shoes and she couldn't afford them when I thought about the times where she couldn't afford my uniforms, when I thought about the times when I got of a teenager, she couldn't buy me a car. This is gonna evolve to the footnotes of your son book of success. Don't you allow any moment in his life to affect him in the future. You stand up and you give him a hug and you give him that emotional intelligence and you let him know, look him in the eyes and tell him, say, son, say this with me. I did not come into this life to receive a runner-up trophy. You are a champion and step into your greatness. Awesome. That is awesome. I want to thank you so much for coming on the Happy Single Moms podcast. The information that you've given us has just been so um, life-changing, actually. It's been awesome and it's been so refreshing as well, hearing from, from you and, yeah, just giving us your wisdom and your knowledge. It's been magnificent. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And thank you for having me. And uh, I look forward to hearing great things from you, promoting your podcast. And uh, thank you once again. I'm breaking your arms, I lose control.